Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Notre Dame football coverage continues now. Gives to Estime. He leaps at the one and goes over the strike. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Hartman keeps it, runs it up the middle, bulldozing to the end zone, and he's in. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Low snap, hands off inside to Estime. 10 5. He'll get there. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Nine minutes after 6 o'clock on this Wednesday, July the 26th. Budweiser's weekday sports beat moves into hour number two. Darren Pritchett with you on day one of Notre Dame football fall camp. Joining me right now is the Notre Dame football beat reporter at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, who was front and center for some football today and then had to battle the rain and the lightning. I think recording some videos at blueandgold.com. I'm glad you didn't blow away. I'm glad you're with me here on day one of Notre Dame football training camp. So good to be with you. And now we get to talk about footballs in action rather than guessing what's going to happen. It feels good to be talking about pigskins today. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd rather it rain on us when we're trying to record a video (laughs) rather than when we're sitting out there on the practice fields you, you know you've been to that setup where yep. they've got everybody on the far field outdoors and it's a pretty good sprint I mean it's across two fields to try to get back inside so better it rain when it did when we were under some cover at Purcell Pavilion than uh, during the practice it, it was a fun day to be out there for sure the weather was awesome and uh, it, it feels like fall camp it feels like this thing's right around the corner I put together my own Notre Dame football depth chart today and I had my running back list, and I've altered it four times because I'm trying to figure out what the order is going to be. First off, this is a really good problem to have. The five guys I'm trying to put in order, I mean, Tyler, these are really, really good running backs. So it's not like you have two weak links at the end that you're trying to figure out the order. I mean, these are five guys that I feel like Notre Dame has a lot of confidence in, including, you know, a two freshman in Jeremiah Love. But Audric Estime, we know is Batman. That's pretty simple. But you got Price, Ford, Payne, Love. It's really hard to put them in any order at this time. I'll tell you, I put down Price second, Ford third for now. How would you sum up right now? After day one, there's no pads, but what order would you put those top three running backs? You're a smart man, Darren, because that's my top three as well, and this is after watching an entire day of practice where we literally got to see these guys line up uh, time and time again out there on the field in an 11-on-11 capacity. So, yeah, I mean, Audrey Gestemay is number one. Everybody knew that going in. But that's kind of the intrigue in this room is, yeah, you got four other guys, but you've got no idea what order those guys were going to be in. I think it answered my, – my questions were answered pretty confidently. Darian Price pretty much trotted out there second behind Estime at every turn. When Estime's you know, time on the field was up, he'd jog off, and Darian Price would jog in. So I think those are the top two guys. And then, yeah, Devin Ford, I think, was number three for me. 
Uh, he got a lot of second-team reps. You know, if Estime and, and Price were out or needed a breather or whatever, I think he might have even got some first-team reps. That's just the nature of a running back, though. Uh, you can have three guys who can, you know, viably, and then on this team, maybe four or five who can viably run with the first team doesn't mean you are a first teamer. That's Audric Estime. But uh, those were the top three guys. But it's funny, just kind of continuing this conversation, you had those three, and then I thought Jeremiah Love was kind of in lockstep with Devin Ford. So maybe mm. that was like a 3A and a, and a 3B. But then I looked down at my notes, and I start remembering some of the plays and, and replaying them in my mind. And I'm like, well, shoot, Did it, or, uh, Jabron Payne ran in a touchdown and caught a <laughs> touchdown consecutive plays during this practice. This was 11 on 11. And if you've read our stuff at blueandgold.com, it was all red zone today. Every single snap was inside the 20 yard line. We'll probably talk about that a little later in our conversation. But so, so that's why you're ref, you, you'll see me reference so many touchdowns, but still on consecutive plays where. You know, you got a defense out there who kind of probably knows what's coming in a lot of these red zone packages from the offense. For Jabron Payne to score twice in a row, I thought it was really, really impressive. So I, I thought it was estimate, price, forward, love. And then I'm like, well, shoot, where do I put Payne into this thing? <laughs> I think it's got a, a behind estimate. There's a really good chance that this thing is by committee. And it's not because you don't know who's good. It's because everybody's good. And I think everybody can go in there and get the job done. Tyler, if we would have had our say, we would have had Sam Hartman throw a lot of deep balls today because that's what he did so well at Wake Forest. But you just defined what practice was about today on the offensive side of the football, red zone work, taking snaps inside the 20-yard line. So we don't have anything to report of Sam just letting her fly down the field. But give me your thoughts on the chemistry that was or was not there between Hartman and and his wide receivers on day one of fall camp? I thought it was pretty good. And, and again, I thought the defense kind of knew what was coming on some of these. So there were some broken up plays. Um, I, I don't know if you'd, you'd probably say the defense won the day. There were a couple really good interceptions. Benjamin Morrison had one, Clarence Lewis, and Jaden Mickey. So right there, you're like, whoa, def- not only turnovers, but turnovers in the red zone. That's a good sign for the Notre Dame defense. Outside of that, I thought Hartman was doing what he did at Wake Forest and really what he did in the spring game this past spring for Notre Dame and then kind of throughout the spring as well. He was spreading the ball around is the big one. Chris Tyree was a target of his. He was looking to the running backs out of the backfield. Uh, He was throwing to the tight ends a little bit. Holden Stays was a favorite target of his today. So I think that was an emphasis as much as kind of getting these red zone plays in and maybe some misdirection, some tunnel screen types of stuff was just hey man we got a lot of weapons here let's try to use them Uh, and again it wasn't air the ball out downfield type of day which was that kind of got me out of bed early this morning I was like hey we get to see Sam Hartman throw the ball 50 yards we did not I mean even in the individual drills and the the one-on-ones before some of the competitive 11 on 11 and 7 on 7 stuff it was all in the red zone so that's kind of a tough proposition for a quarterback and again, especially when the defense kind of knows what's coming, but it didn't feel like one of those days in the spring where this guy's brand new. And I mean, we talked back in April or, you know, March and April, it looked a little discombobulated back then. And maybe he wasn't fully comfortable with his surroundings today. I think he was, he was spreading the ball around through a couple touchdown passes. So uh, for as far as a, a first day of camp goes, and if you're going to limit the situation to what it was, 
I think Sam Hartman performed pretty admirably today. He's Tyler Horkin, Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Was there a consistent first-team wide receiver group today? There was, and there really wasn't much rotation, and there was a slight um, difference from what we saw in the spring. You still had Jaden Thomas out there, and you still had Tobias Merriweather. Those would be your two outside guys, Merriweather, Boundary, Thomas Field. And we've seen Thomas play a lot of slot, obviously, which was interesting because you saw that a lot in the spring. But playing slot today as the number one guy was Chris Tyree. And I think that is a huge boost for Notre Dame just in the sense that he gives you a different body out there. Now, look. There are some people who may be totally out on Chris Tyree just based on what's happened in the last couple of years with the injuries. And then last year he was a third fiddle running back to Audrey Estime and Logan Diggs. And, you know, from that freshman season, things have kind of slid downhill for him. But we've talked about how this can be a rebranding, a reinvention of sorts with Tyree moving to wide receiver. And I thought he looked pretty good today, just getting open. And uh, he's one of the guys that, as I mentioned earlier, Sam Hartman threw a touchdown pass to. So, He's got the rapport with Hartman. I think he's way more comfortable running routes as a wide receiver now as opposed to coming out of the backfield and running them. I asked Marcus Freeman at the end of the press conference today kind of the differences he's seen in Tyree uh, from the spring till now and, and making this switch from running back to wide receiver. And, you know, he says all the things that you're looking for. It's confidence. It's comfort. He's working with these quarterbacks more, so he's got a better relationship with them on and off the field, and all of these things are playing into him uh, potentially being a starter for this team. And it goes back to the question that you asked, who are the first-team wide receivers? I think you can definitely sharpie Jaden Thomas in there. I think Tobias Merriweather is coming into his own as well, and he's got the length and everything you want at boundary. He had a better day today than Deion Colsey, so that's where that separation is, if those are the two guys who are vying for that spot. And then you might see Chris Tyree starting as this team slot receiver. I mean, he's He's a veteran guy, even in that wide receiver room, even if he's only been playing this position for a short amount of time. This is his fourth season. You don't have a lot of senior wide receivers in that room. So I thought it was interesting to see him running with the ones, but that may be something that continues throughout fall. Now, before I ask this next question, let me set this up for our listeners just to give them a little background that this is day one of practice. There were not any pads on, so we can't jump to conclusions on on many things. And there are some days where media might be watching a practice where this player is spotlighted, but every other day it might be another player. So we have to kind of balance what we see. So with that being said, can you take away anything today from the big batch of tight ends that Gerard Parker and this Fighting Irish offense put on the practice field today. It seemed like everybody had an opportunity to have some chances to make plays, including Cooper Flanagan. Yeah, I thought Cooper Flanagan was impressive. Uh, I do not expect him to trot out there as a starter by any means on August 26th against Navy, but he showed me some things today that for a group that is also pretty inexperienced, maybe he can be in the mix for playing time, at least, against Navy. I wouldn't be shocked to see him get on the field. But uh, I thought Holden Stace had a really good day. He also uh, caught a lot of passes, I mentioned, from Sam Hartman and even uh, some of the other quarterbacks, Steve Angeli, Kenny Minchie, they were looking his way often. But it was interesting. Uh, Eli Raritan was suited, and again, no full pads, so um, you know that is what it is. But he was suited and he was going through all the individual drills and then it came time for competitive team periods and I didn't see him 
get in once. So that may be something with him coming back from the knee still. Uh, we ex- we actually get to talk to Parker and the tight ends tomorrow, so we can see exactly where he's at. and Maybe if we will see him do competitive things. He was one of the guys I was really looking forward to seeing from the tight end group, but if he's still limited, then you know all those storylines kind of go out the window, and, and you hope that he's healthy for August 26th. But really it was Kevin Bauman who's also coming back from an ACL injury. He ran with the ones a bunch. Uh, I mentioned Holden Spays. Cooper Flanagan. Mitchell Evans was another guy that didn't do much in the competitive team periods, and that's um, concerning. Obviously, we'll get the update on him tomorrow as well, but he was kind of the number one guy uh, really ever since Michael Mayer declared for the NFL draft, even before the Gator Bowl. You remember Mitchell Evans was the number one tight end going into that game, ends up catching the game-winning touchdown pass. So it's just kind of a hodgepodge all over the place with these six guys. I think once you get them fully healthy, and that's the that's the goal for Parker, obviously, with one month until the season. You need all six of those guys because then you can really see which are the two or three best and put them on the field the most. But uh, when you're limited to, hey, who's available, then today that was Bauman looks pretty good. Uh, he was wearing a brace on that knee, but he looked pretty good. Stays looked really good. And then for it being his first college practice ever, I thought Cooper Flanagan looked really good. He wasn't coming away with a lot of catches, but he was targeted a few times and he was trusted to be on the field uh, out of necessity. But I think it was also just based out of what he's earned in in practice or uh, in workouts and whatnot leading up to this. So you got really good group if they're all healthy right now. That's the goal. We're talking Notre Dame football with the Notre Dame football beat reporter at blueandgold.com. Tyler Horka, I know you focused on the offensive side of the football today, but let me throw a defensive question at you. Jack Kaiser, Maris Leofau, looks like they have flipped positions that Kaiser is the will and now Leofau is the rover. I got to admit, one of my concerns going into the season, how good is this defense going to be stopping the run? Do you think Kaiser going to the will linebacker spot is going to help enhance this team's ability to stop the run. Just kind of your overall thoughts on that switch. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's it's an interesting one to make this late. I mean, these guys are all graduates, and I thought Jack Kaiser was awesome, especially against the run last year. So you do kind of worry if uh, moving him kind of brings down his quality of play. Now you hope that he's a, a good enough player to where it won't matter, and he's just as good with this new position as he was uh, primarily as the rover but uh, it's also a thing to think about that this might be a case where if Notre Dame goes nickel a bunch this year which I think it will I mean mm-hmm. that's probably its strongest defensive package because again I mentioned Clarence Lewis had an interception today I thought he looked pretty good um, may- maybe Kaiser is that guy that stays on the field a little bit more as, as opposed to Leofau who led this team in defensive snaps last year I, I just truly think he got a little uh, overplayed, not not out of fault of his own. If the coach says, hey, you're on the field, then, of course, you take those reps. But, I mean, that'll wear you down a little bit. You've seen J.D. Bertrand get worn down as well. So uh, I think it could be a, a switch just kind of keeping the health and the in the general, um, you know, well-being of these players in mind. But, again, it, it might be one that is more scheme-focused and scheme-driven as well. I can't wait to ask Al Golden specifically about some of these things. But, yeah, I mean, this is a group where you have to get the most out of those three linebackers in the middle because you heard Marcus Freeman today just talk – just the way he talks about those guys, he keeps on saying, you know what you have and then you know what you have. 
So those coaches, they clearly think that those are the three best linebackers on the team. Those are the three linebackers that are going to play the most. So now it's about trying to get a little bit more out of them because I think we'd all agree that, yeah, you know, they were good. They were solid last year, but it's not like Notre Dame has one of the best linebacking cores in the nation with those three guys. And you'd hope that be the case with three graduate seniors, but really right now it's not. So I think this is a move that, you know, anything goes just to try to get the best out of that group because this defense can really all come down to how those three guys play in the middle. And if they're not playing their best, well, Notre Dame's just going to have, you know, average, maybe slightly better than average defense. Final question for you. And again, I want to make sure the listeners know you focus on the offense today. This is more of a defensive question, but watching the offense, I'm sure some guys popped up. I'm going to give you three names, and these Mm -hmm. are all newcomers to the program. You got a strong side defensive end and Javante Jean-Baptiste out of Ohio State. You got Thomas Harper, who could be a nickel, could be a safety. He's out of Oklahoma State. And then the Rhode Island kid who played corner last year could be a safety, Antonio Carter. Did any of those three pop up today while you were watching the offense? Yeah, Jean-Baptiste, kind of like in the spring, he was uh, a little limited, I would say. He wasn't out there with the ones as much as you thought he would be, so... Uh, that's not going to be my answer. I thought Clarence Lewis was better than Thomas Harper. Those are the two guys that were uh, rotating in and out of nickel today. So I think right now it stands Harper is probably your number two nickel. But uh, I saw Carter play some backup safety. It was Henderson and Watts, uh, mostly starting safety, and then Brown, uh, DJ Brown and Antonio Carter would come in. And it looks like Carter's got some real range to him as a safety, I think. It was pretty impressive just kind of watching him run around out there. Now, this wasn't really a practice where, I mean, if you condense everything into the 20-yard line, you know, this, the safeties don't really have much room to kind of go out there and make plays over right. the top or whatever. But side to side, laterally, I thought Antonio Carter was moving around pretty well. Um, it, there, there were instances where even safeties would get matched up one-on-one in these red zone situations and they would lose their reps. I never really saw Antonio Carter just get totally beat in coverage. Um, it's one of those situations where if you don't have full pads on, then you really, as a defensive player, you really don't want to be spotlighted unless you're making an interception like some of these guys did today, because if you are spotlighted, that means you were probably getting uh, a ball caught over your head or whatever. Carter never had that today. So I think it was a really good pickup by Notre Dame just to kind of add to that safety depth because I thought Watts was, was far and away one of Notre Dame's best defensive backs, probably definitely the best safety today. Hmm. And But you can't just rely on one guy. So uh, I thought Carter was a good addition, and, and I kind of liked the way that he played today. So what is your story total up to since practice ended? Oh, I think half a dozen. I've got <laughs> half a dozen up, uh, up today, and there's more to work on. And then we get to do it all again tomorrow, same time, same place. Uh, don't get the full practice, but we'll see five periods and then talk to Parker and the tight end. So, I mean, this thing is in full swing now. Highlight a story maybe you've written today that's up at blueandgold.com that Irish fans need to check out. Yeah, I actually just published it. I was joking with you right before you called me. Um, just hit publish probably five minutes on a, before we got on here on a story <laughs> about uh, the Notre Dame quarterback situation. And obviously, you know, Sam Hartman is the guy. I mean, you see Notre Dame tweet out a video where they're following this guy around uh, literally from the door at the Goog all the way to the practice fields and while he's practicing. So he is the guy. But what about the other quarterbacks? 
I thought Steve Angeli had a really good day. Kenny Minchie even made some nice passes. So I've got some quotes in that story from Marcus Freeman about what he thinks about the quarterback situation beyond Sam Hartman because I've covered Notre Dame long enough to know that maybe one of those guys will uh, be called upon at some point this year. You don't want that if you're a fighting Irish fan, but that's just reality. So if you want to know what Freeman thinks about the other quarterbacks, uh, that's a really good one to check out right now. You can check out Tyler Horka right now, again, at blueandgold.com. And looking forward to visiting with Tyler each Saturday on Game Day Sports Beat here on WSBT Radio. A month from today, you'll be enjoying a little time in Ireland, probably writing a recap about this time one month from today. But until then, enjoy your fall camp time, and we'll talk to you next week. Yep, can't wait. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you, sir. Tyler Horka, Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Your time is 629. Coming up next, the next segment in our Notre Dame football opponent preview today, game number four. It's those Chippewas of Central Michigan under the spotlight on WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 